Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. There are so many reasons why people choose to work with an organization that can vary from financial to cultural to longevity to the people. Why do some people seem to thrive while others simply survive? Why do some employees reach their potential and beyond and others are simply getting a paycheck to do a job? What can a leader do? While you can't order greatness, you can create an environment where greatness occurs. This begins with assessing and understanding how your employees and coworkers define greatness for themselves and how they believe they can best contribute. Now, what makes their brilliance shine? What are they looking for in the culture of your company or in their own business? It's important, first and foremost, that you set up an environment that encourages honest, open dialogue, an environment where people can feel safe expressing their perspectives without fear of negative repercussions. Now, you should be explicit about and model your company's values. Incoming employees and partners can determine upfront if those values resonate with them. This is not a one-time event. Even noble corporate goals such as Open communication, empathy, respect, innovation, or fostering an environment in which each individual is encouraged and supported to fill their potential, it's open to interpretation, especially when being implemented. So here are some specific strategies that I've employed while I was in corporate America, as well as while running my own businesses, to help create an environment for greatness. Now, first, we all know that not everyone learns and produces in the same way. However, I believe that everyone has the ability to do well when they're motivated and effectively supported. 
when I interview people to work with me, I begin by asking them what they need, what motivates them, and what they expect from me. I typically set this up as an exercise. For example, I may ask them, what three things can I expect from you and what three things do you expect from me? It's a great time-efficient way for each person to give and receive concrete information while eliminating guesswork and assumptions. And I hear some really important thoughts and ideas to work with that you won't see on their resume. Next, I want everyone I hire to understand his or her importance to me and to the business. And I continually reinforce that. Now, it doesn't mean I do the work for them or otherwise cover up their mistakes. It means that each one of us knows what's necessary to be productive and profitable. And we do our parts to make that happen. We have each other's backs. Next, to benefit my coworkers, colleagues, and myself, I provide posts of inspirational messages in the form of quotes, images, or articles. Social media makes that process so easy. Tag someone if you want to make sure they see your message. It may help them feel important and necessary to you and your business. Now, I'm also generous with feedback. And in this business world, and especially as an entrepreneur, it can be a lonely existence if no one tells you how awesome you are, at least once in a while. Now, while constructive criticism is important, I find that positive feedback is out of this world. If your business has a newsletter, highlight something noteworthy that someone did. Give an award for something special and thank people publicly for a job well done. A little praise can go a long way. I also knit problems in the bud and privately. Business is filled with challenges. Before a challenge or issue gets out of hand, have a private conversation with the person or people at the root of the party to the matter and iron out the wrinkles. The last thing you need is for something small to become monumental. I let others know that I have an open door policy and I encourage them to ask me for my help with anything they feel they can't handle. When problems are left to fester, greatness will not happen. And finally, I make discipline about accountability and growth rather than about punishment. While consequences may be needed for less than a stellar output, there are ways to hold people accountable while also providing support. When I ran my insurance agencies, I adopted a different approach and rewarded agents for writing business in ways that motivated them to see more people and enhance opportunities to reach their goals. My agents also were supported with weekly coaching sessions to troubleshoot challenges, establish accountability, and guide them to more sales. Inherent in every business are opportunities to hold each other accountable while also encouraging success. So each one of us is born with the potential for greatness. There's no exceptions, yet most people realize less than 10% of their potential, while a small handful of others rise to extraordinary heights. So why is this? Great leaders and business achievers look for something other than sales success as their ultimate goal. Their vision is to make a difference in the world, and they keep pushing toward it to make it happen. Achieving greatness requires self-awareness, discipline, and the support of others. So surround yourself with people who see your vision, believe in it, and will help you get there. As a leader, create an environment where you enable others to thrive. And remember, be a unicorn in a field of horses. If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. And we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about leadership and developing great teams. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. 
Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense, glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Now it's time for my very special guest, Susan Leahy. She's a certified speaking professional and the co-founder of Group to Team Leadership Solutions, a global consulting, coaching, and training company that helps organizations develop a culture of team. Remember, there's no I in team. Susan is also the founder of the Confident Women Program, supporting women by expanding their conversation about confidence. So welcome to the show, Susan. I am so excited to have you here. I'm super excited to be here, Judy. Thank you so much. Awesome. So let's talk about the discussion of the day, creating an environment for greatness. What do you mm-hmm. think when you hear that? Boy, I love that. I went, as you're talking, I was getting the chills. It's that sense of greatness is really giving each individual the opportunity to step into greater possibility. You know, and, and I think sometimes we don't, we don't look at that word possibility and really understand what it means, but I'm going to give a quick definition because this kind of made my mind explode a little, and maybe it'll make someone else's mind explode a little, is that if you could prove a possibility, it would be an example, Ooh. right? So this is about living outside of example and giving people the opportunity to step in their greatness. I think that's what greatness is, is the opportunity to live outside of example, and that, that really is what lights my fire. Love that. I love that. Okay, so how can a great leader create this space, you know, open up a space where people feel comfortable enough to share what either challenges them or even what excites them? Because a lot of times people won't tell anybody what's so amazing about them. Yeah, and well, and I think it's a, it's a non-intuitive answer because we think that, that it's about what can the leader do outside of themselves? And the reality is I really think it's a conversation that the leader should be having with themselves. And the leader has to be in tune enough with their mindset to really understand where their mindset is. And so I like to give people choices and you'll find with group to team, it really is about giving people choices. So let's talk about mindset. Can a leader really identify, am I in a fixed mindset? And the fixed mindset kind of looks like a fist, you know, we're closed. It's my way. I'm standing in a space that's right versus wrong, win versus lose. I may be standing in a competitive mindset. And this mindset isn't negative. It's actually very normal and it's overused. But it isn't the mindset that's going to inspire the individual that I'm engaging with to feel like they can actually open up and trust me and really explore their own possibility. So I, as a leader, have to take an intentional deep breath in And I have to see if I can open that fist up, my mind, right? And really kind of see if I can step into what I call the growth mindset. We've heard this, right? That sense of, am I in the growth mindset? And sometimes individually, that's hard to identify for ourselves. 
So a lot of this work of supporting people to step into their own greatness is really being able to work on your own mindset. Am I really engaging with somebody from a space of curiosity, openness, possibility? So we may think we're being a great leader, but is our mindset really encouraging our own listening to engage with the individuals that we're, we're wanting to inspire in a way that's going to help them open up? So do you ever think about when, when we talk about creating this space or negotiating for something that a lot of times the reason it doesn't work because it's we think in our brains that there's a winner and a loser instead yes. of two winners? Yes, absolutely. I think that... I think that this is the prevailing paradigm in which we've all been very well patterned to fall into. So again, let's not get angry at the pattern. Let's just call it out so that we can invite people to take an intentional deep breath in and really explore what it means to open up and step into a win-win. Judy, I think it's really easy to talk about win-win, but really to think about it and embody it and choose it and commit to it, that's the practiced journey. And that's really what we're up to doing with respects to inspiring leaders, you know, because we've heard win, lose and win, win, but the committed practice that it takes to really engage in being a win, win leader is a commitment. Interesting. Okay. You talk about empowering women and you help them learn how to hold power, not in a traditional power paradigm, you said, but in a paradigm that's conducive to women's true nature. What does that look like? Gosh, I love this, right? So again, I'm going to give you two choices because that's the way my brain works. And I think that we as human beings, when we have simple choices, we can actually engage in a more complex way. So again, there's two kind of power structures I think that we fall into. One is we engage in the thinking of power over, right? Which is really like that fixed mindset. It's win, lose, right, wrong. So we become naturally competitive. Somebody has to take a submissive position when you're in that win-lose dynamic. But I inherently believe that women really understand power with. So you're either in power over or you're in power with. And I believe that, that women inherently understand power with, yet when we walk into a room full of men, we engage in and adopt behaviors that aren't innately what is our most powerful, and that's power with we fall into the power over and we start struggling in that paradigm and we find ourselves in a power struggle, right? That's why sometimes it's easier to hang out with your girlfriends. I mean, I'm not saying that women are always easy. Let's put that caveat out there, Judy. Um, Mm -hmm. But but sometimes we feel more supported by our female friends than maybe some of our male friends. I want you to think about it from a power perspective. Am I in power over where I'm in a power struggle? where I am kind of in the mindset of win, lose, win versus lose, I'm being competitive, or am I in power with? And power with is when I'm empowered and I'm also empowering others. And it really is that commitment to the win-win, which is what we just talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, but, but let's talk about power though for a minute because power, you, when you hear that, sometimes it's seen as, seen as a very positive male quality. But yeah. when it comes to talking about women, not the same feeling. Have you, seen, have you seen that? Have you felt that? Absolutely. I mean, I think if you're a woman, you've experienced it. Um, I want to give a tangible, can I give us, I'm going to share a story Absolutely. About, Absolutely. about how powerful women are. My business partner, Freeman, and I were working at Banamex, which is the largest bank in Mexico. 
there's 40,000 plus employees and less than 3% of those employees were director level position, were women in director level positions or higher. So we were hired to come in and work with the women in the bank to encourage them to step into these leadership roles. Now I'm going to go even more specific with my story. There was an exercise in which one of the individuals on our team had engaged with. He's an expert trainer in Mexico, and he's trained over 300,000 people, but he had never done it with a group of just exclusively just women. And his entire career with 300,000 people, he had never seen anyone, quote unquote, win the game. But every single all-female group won the game because the game was inherently just to simply play win-win. And women understood this naturally and organized around this. But when a man enters in the room, instead of women owning their power, we give our power away and start playing the win-lose paradigm. The world needs more women to really own what it is that we understand, which is the power with paradigm that I am empowered when you're empowered and I can be a voice for that in a way uniquely that the world needs right now. But what happens is women have been patterned to give their power away. Okay. Has this changed at all over the last even five years at all? I think the natural answer to that question is yes, there's been change. However, I think that if we keep speaking directly to and being a generous invitation for more women and men to be in the power with conversation, we can kind of make that change a little more rapid. I think we're seeing the power over struggle kind of every time we turn on the TV, you know, in our political environment, you know, it, it is the prevailing paradigm, yet it's not the paradigm that necessarily is going to serve us over the long term. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So let's talk about putting leadership and power together. What's the vision of that? Because really, it's two amazing things that we're putting together. But sometimes, you know, people look at it and go, yeah, you know, I'm not so sure if I want to be part of that. What does it look like? And what would be the outcome once everybody can see that they belong together? Yeah, I I think that they absolutely should. They, They go hand in hand. But again, let's go back to the word that I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the call when you were talking about greatness. And that was possibility. I think we need to expand the individual possibility we have for our leaders, that a leader can show up and be more than what we've seen in this current reality. So how can I sit and think about what's possible for my leadership? And how can I be an empowered leader that empowers others? And so I would love to see different paradigms of leadership come out because there's greater possibility than what we're seeing. We're seeing kind of what I think is kind of you know, in our political structure, the disintegrated masculine. And again, that disintegrated masculine, woo, you know, it Mm. isn't an invitation to be in power with. It is a power over paradigm. I'm going to take you down, you know, and it is this right, wrong, win, lose struggle that we seem to be in some place stuck in. And that, again, I think isn't negative. It's normal. It's the normal paradigm that we've been living in. So has it changed? Yes. Do I want it to change more? Judy? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? I know that. I know. So I want to be a voice for that. And I don't want to be a critic of, I want to be an inspirer into. Because again, if I become critical of men or I become critical of women, I'm part of the power over struggle. Because you can't be critical and highly judgmental in the power with paradigm. 
you know, it doesn't mean I don't have judgments, but I'm going to, I'm not going to hold those judgments as the only reality. Okay. So let's move over to your company, Group to Team Leadership Solutions. Yes. How did you get started? And what was the moment that you knew this was your path? Well, you know, it's really interesting. This went back for me. I'll tell another story. Back when I was in college, I was actually elected to become the student body vice president of my college. And I was elected on a ticket with a woman named Annie Liu. And we had an absolutely phenomenal year. I walked away from that experience as student body vice president, just excited about the work that we did. We passed a referendum by 51% to double the size of the student union. It was, we, we changed the footprint of that campus. And so I came back and I thought, you know what? I want to do it again next year. I ran as president and I had a completely different experience. And I had a ticket that I ran with. It was a successful ticket, but my vice president and I, we just couldn't get in sync. And it was a horrible year. And I walked away from that experience exhausted and tired and frustrated. And I just sat there looking at it thinking, what was the difference? And that propelled me into my master's. And I got a master's in applied behavioral science and with an emphasis in coaching and consulting and started studying interpersonal communication. And I realized that experience really summed up in two words. One of us were able to figure out how to experience team and the other, we were just stuck in group. And I think about this, how many families are just stuck in group? You know, how many businesses and organizations are just stuck in group? And really how many people are desiring to experience more team? And so this really launched for me a conversation that has spanned over you know, 30 years. And it's become more clear to me that the difference is it really is you only have two options. You're either in group, which isn't negative, it's normal, or you're generating the experience of team. So those are the options. Am I in group right now or am I in team? And you can apply that question to your relationship with your boss. You can apply that question to, the, you know, to your relationship with your employees. You can use that question with your relationship with your significant other, because mm -hmm. those are only the two options. Am I in group right now? Or am I wanting to generate the experience of team? Interesting. Okay, so where does culture fit into leadership, power, solutions, all of that? Well, and now this is going to be an interesting response, because I really believe culture resides within the individuals within an organization. So many times we're saying, oh, culture starts at the top. And that absolutely is a major influencer. There are powerful individuals at the top. But what I really want to do in the work that we do at Group to Team Leadership Solutions is really about re-inspiring and reminding the individual employee, manager, owner, that they are the creators of the culture of the environment that they're in. Because so many employees have just kind of given up. And they're stuck in what I call the circumstantial drift. <laughs> of the flow of their company. And what if we could collectively re-inspire, re-engage, remind, and re-motivate individual employees that you know what? You generate team. You are the creator of the culture of your organization. Then all of a sudden we can ignite an energy that's really going to support where that company is going. Because culture is experienced in the energy of the organization, you know? And so I, I think that, that that's an interesting perspective that we don't talk enough about. We've got to re-engage the individual employee at every level. 
Interesting. Okay. So you say something about a powerful difference that the way that you teach team is not a destination, it's an experience. And I do believe that everything should be a great experience, but what does that actually mean? So let's just say this because team is not a destination or a designation. I think we've gotten very um, lackadaisical in organizations saying, all right, the customer service team, the this team, the that team. But saying you are a team does not make it so. Team is expressed in the the energetic experiences that we get to keep co-creating. So my mom and dad were married successfully for 42 years. And they were not married successfully for 42 years because they stopped being in and creating the experiences at year 15. My mom and dad committed every day in some way to generate the experience of team in their marriage. So the culture of their marriage was successful. But what happens in in relationships, in organizations, and in life is that we stop generating the experience or stop becoming committed to generating the experience. So then all of a sudden we get angry at the energy. Well, this isn't fun anymore. This doesn't feel good anymore. I'm angry about this. I don't like the way you're treating me here. And then it becomes this power over struggle around the energy that everybody else has to do it different. But what if, what if, and this is really what we want to do again, are you listening to this saying, I agree, I disagree, because that's the fixed mindset? Or are you allowing your mind to go, hmm, and kind of like, you know, and I'm not speaking to you directly, Judy, I'm speaking kind of past you to your, your mm-hmm. listeners. Mm-hmm. I want people to realize that this conversation of team and culture and greatness, it resides in this moment, right here, right now. This is something that's not just about talking, it's about feeling, it's about you generating the experience for yourself right here, right now. And most of us have stopped creating that experience and we've given our power away because my manager is supposed to do it. My husband's supposed to do it. My children are supposed to. No, you're supposed to do it. I am supposed to do it. So the individual is extremely important because I'm important and you're important. And that's what empowered structures look like is everyone's walking around owning their importance. I love that. Okay. So I was snooping around your website because I love to do that. And I came across a podcast that you did about women in leadership. And it was called Why Women Leading Teams is a Natural and Necessary Fit, which I love, love, love. So I want (laughs) to know about that. But I also know that there's another podcast coming up, a new one. So talk about, you know, you you can tie a bow around that, combine them both. One of the questions you asked, and I love this, what conversation lights you up? And what's fascinating to me is I believe there's really only one conversation. And it's that sense of, how do I generate more team in my life, both personally and professionally? I uh, am currently living down in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and a friend of mine and I have now created a website called Happy Married Chicks. Now, what's fascinating is that on face value, people would think happy married chicks and group to team are completely different, but they're just the same content, really supporting people to own that they deserve to feel good and giving the individual kind of the reboot they need to live a life that feels good. One of the things that we teach as a communication tool at group to team and I also teach when I'm working with women in relationships or women who are on boards that need to feel more confident is there's a tool, it's called you deserve to feel good and I deserve to feel good. And this doesn't feel good. So what are we going to do so that we can feel good? Mm. And so all of a sudden what you're doing is you're struggling towards the win-win. That's a really tangible communication tool to help realign and own because that's, that's what power with is 
Judy, is when you can own that the person that's standing in front of you deserves to feel good, but with the same energy and commitment that you own, they deserve to feel good. You shine that light back on yourself and you say, you know what? And I deserve to feel good. That is power with. And the win-win comes in when you say, and this doesn't feel good. So what are we going to do? So we're now collectively moving the energy in a direction that is about finding solution that's seeking towards the better feeling or what it is that we want to generate. So you're walking away from saying, I'm going to try to do this to saying I am in the process of doing this. That's right. And we are collectively creating mm-hmm. a new possibility, right? So it's not just, well, what do you think? And what do I think? It's what can we co-create, right? So now the conversation has shifted from your idea to my idea to let's think about what we can do so that we can both feel good, right? We can create a win-win solution. And I think that we are still living in a patterned world where people don't think that's possible. I think people do not think that everyone can get their needs met. And if you get your needs met, Judy, that means there's less for me. Mm -hmm. What if that's not true? What if the pattern of scarcity is keeping us from creating the culture of abundance that we all want to live in? Okay, well, that is definitely a topic for another day. But I will say that more people, yeah, more people live in scarcity than they do abundance. Because they're all, even when we did insurance, if we sold a health insurance policy, most people would say, well, I can't even approach life insurance because then they'll take away my health insurance. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why couldn't you do both? It's two different buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, owning, that's not negative. The scarcity isn't negative. It's actually a really normal thinking. Mm -hmm. For me, I can't even separate that most people think scarcity. I'm in that bucket too. I am a scarcity thinker and I have to practice on a daily basis giving myself permission to step outside of what is my natural patterns. You know, I don't have this all figured out. This is a committed conversation that I'm in. And that's really what group to team inspires within organizations is we're not just a training, we're a conversation. We want to inspire a deeper conversation that's going to then inspire the individuals in your organization to have a deeper conversation. I think a lot of times people think we're going to conduct a training and fix this problem but again, that's the fixed mindset, mm-hmm. right? It's, this is a broader conversation that really is opening up a possibility that didn't exist before. Love it. Excellent. Okay. So how can our listeners get connected with you and find out all about your business and how you can support them and so on and so on? Yeah. I mean, if you're working within an organization that needs to get you know, an energetic reboot, you need to remind, re-energize, remotivate your employees please visit grouptoteam.com. That's G-R-O-U-P-T-O, group2team, T-A-M.com. And you can also find out more about Happy Married Chicks and some of my coaching for women at Susan Leahy, and that's L-E-A-H-Y, SusanLahey.com. Awesome. Well, Susan, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. It's such great information, and I look forward to creating more adventures with you. You're epic, Judy. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to leave everyone with this quote from Brad Smith. A leader's job is not to put greatness into people, but rather to recognize that it already exists and to create an environment where the greatness can emerge and grow. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now make sure you stay connected with us and remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio.
podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.